Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kel on Earth Revisited, where you will travel with me, Kelly Karg, back through my life and musings as I celebrate the milestone of 100 chapters of the original blog. I have started from the beginning and continue to move through 15 years of observations as I find my voice and my place in the world and reflect on who that person was. So come with me a year after I began this project into part five as I celebrate the achievement of longevity and literacy. Part 5, Chapter 3. It's cold in this here castle. January 2013. Vienna feels like a painting in motion, like a masterpiece created with frequent touch-ups and refurbishments. Parts of it are in a semi-constant state of repair, while others shine like a polished euro. The masterwork that is the city is chock full of the Europe that I imagined. For Prague, it was mostly about the architecture and the general setup for me, while in Mien, I explored so much more about what existed beneath the exterior. The shining gem examples of the Habsburg rule, which stretched out over the continent and beyond, were held in museums sprinkled out over the city, culminating in the collection at the Kunsthistorische Museum. Here is where the most stunning pieces that I've ever seen from Egypt lived, as well as a collection of the collections of the Renaissance, Baroque and modern, which had me gaping for hours at a time. Whole rooms were devoted to four giant paintings of kitchen scenes and pastoral gardens and family portraits. Some rooms held miniatures with the most delicate of brushstrokes. Some had anatomical lithographs, many religious iconography. Now, I don't claim to be much of an art student, but I spent a solid 20 minutes in front of a Renoir self-portrait and left sad that I couldn't stay longer. We saw living embodiments of tradition in the form of the Christmas markets outside the Rothaus, Marie-Theresenplatz and Karlsplatz, where one could outfit one's homes, children's, dogs, and trees with the most festive of traditional of Australian, Austrian fare. Austrians don't mess around with the artifacts of their heritage and language, though the local food has fallen a bit from grace. I have no idea why. It's awesome. With an Asian noodle place and McDonald's writing up the food <laughs> chain. I did manage to see some of the famed countryside while there, though it mainly consisted of me getting lost and annoying locals with my English and my goofy questions. I enjoyed it, though. Beautiful hillsides with old homes, both crawling and soaring in the mastery of their various architectures. The blackbirds followed me around a bit, and the moss stoically sat in its crevice homes as I photographed their age and resiliency. I loved these old places because there is such a sense of permanence in the way that civilizations did not completely destroy itself after so much time, like so many others have in our history. But then I guess, still rather young yet. As we moved on to the British Isles, I know the first question on everyone's lips is, I wonder if Kelly knows what it's like to live in a warehouse. Well, my dear reader, I am happy to inform you that I do in fact know what it is like to live in a warehouse in London, built in no later than the 19th century. While it may sound like nothing but glamour and class, I can assure you that nothing is further from the truth. Upon our arrival to London, we found ourselves staring up at a lovely edifice of supreme industry. At least it was at some point in its history. We knew it, <clears throat> or as we knew it, it housed a variety of interesting people, some of whom we knew by name, others we were woken by in the wee hours of the night. 
Kyla, poisoned by airplane food, took solace in her room, which was approximately the size of a hall closet, with less stable building materials, and promptly, miserably, attempted not to die on our first day in Europe. Before I retreated to my similar cube, where Harry Potter awaited my return, I took a scenic stroll of my new abode. The area that had been cut out as a living space was pretty cool, as far bohem- as far as bohemian designs go. There was a front room with the stacked cubes of bedding to one side and a variety of musical instruments stacked on the other side. Facing the door from this living room, one walks through plastic freezer doors designed to keep the heat in the kitchen and dining room area, which is the only enclosed area in the whole apartment. Walking out of the kitchen, you see the door to freedom, but if you turn right, you will see a bathtub in a leaky corner and stairs to the upper level, the office and access to the second story cubes. Home sweet home. If you are wondering where the toilets were, no worries. They're out the door to your left, where you will find six cubicles and only one functioning toilet. Keep in mind, we were here the last days of December. The only heat was in the kitchen, and we were in a beautiful, airy warehouse. Those are not my warmest memories, literally and figuratively. Needless to say, we didn't last at this residence, but by all accounts, we lasted longer than anyone we know would have. Apologies if my description of that place are a bit too detailed. It really does offer a nice juxtaposition to the rest of our time in London. While we did stay in the East End, the whole of our stay, we were not disappointed by what we saw. We were in the area where Jack the Ripper made himself famous and were within walking distance of the Ten Bells, which was where he was thought to hang out. And we definitely did do a lot of walking. The underground was even more limited during this year's holiday commute because of worker strikes, so we warmed ourselves up by walking the Thames, Piccadilly Circus, and Abbey Road. We made pretty good time on our list of things that any self-respecting tourist needs to do in London. Take in a show, pose in front of Big Ben, visit the Globe Theatre, and find as many pubs as possible to try as many bitters and treacle treacle tarts as possible. It was also quite fun to take as many different forms of transport that the country had to offer, from the underground to the double-decker buses to the overpriced taxis to the Hogwarts Express. Okay, well, not really, but we did take the same route that many HP fans would agree upon as the one taken to Britain's School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, and it was awesome, almost as awesome as Edinburgh itself. Edinburgh Castle sits on the hill in an imposing, confidently defensive attitude of, go ahead, make my day, which translates very well into modern English. Inside the cannon bedecked walls, Inside the cannon-bedecked walls, one wanders up a steep incline of cobbled pathways that have felt the tread of monarchs, merchants, and prisoners being led to their death. The dark stone that makes up the stables, the throne room, the prison, has aged like the rest of the city in stately indifference. The crown jewels were a highlight of the castle, but the big success was watching Kyla interact with a woman dressed as a lady-in-waiting for the queen, who would have been responsible for attending to the needs of the monarch. She gave us all kinds of two parts fascinating, one part horrifying facts about life before science had its say on all kinds of daily life issues. Kyla was especially freaked by 16th century root canals that figured the nerves were worms that needed to be yanked out by their little heads. Oh, I I can't read that out loud. Who am I kidding? I was especially freaked by that.
While the details of the interior of the castle were amazing and gruesome, I must say the most memorable part of the day was the line getting inside. Kyle and I stood up for approximately 53 minutes in the pouring rain and frigid wind to gain entrance. We spent the time watching the tourists in various stages of affection and indifference. We noticed the details of a handbag and the genuine quality of a fur coat. But mostly, most consistently, we noticed the details of our boots as we stood and shuffled on thick, wet cobblestones. We had purchased our boots in London at a slightly warmer latitude and were painfully aware of their inadequacies in this city. The thin soles, the wedge heel, the lack of insulation. For 53 minutes, Kyla wondered if her boots not made for walking would allow her to enjoy the historic site. She made it out alive, but barefoot for several stretches. Hogmanay was a party full of young drunk people squeezed together by necessity making room for the eight 80,000 other young drunk people behind them as Scotland celebrated the waning old year and the arrival of the new one. It was the sole reason that we had trekked the beautiful, imposing country. I had a great time, but what should be obvious from the first sentence of this paragraph, I'm old now. So I was more concerned about drinking too much, necessitating porta potty runs where fellow revelers may start shaking said potty as a fun waiting in line game. The fact that I showed foresight like that made me automatically lame. But damn it, I was there, and that countdown and fireworks display was magical. So were all the young whippersnappers who swayed from the songs in their heads and the, their inebriation. So fun to take pictures for their parents. <laughs> I hate to say it, but the cold factor is one of the top sticking points in my mind about Edinburgh. The castle, the party, the beautiful architecture that I have been trying to put into words for weeks, but now have ultimately failed to do. All awe-inspiring and worth a long, leisurely soaking up. Unfortunately for us, no soaking, except at the pubs, was to be found for two Singaporean residents. So cheers to the weight gain and the itchy wool sweaters and that insulated that insulated us from the northern climes. Hello all. Yes, welcome to a Singaporean's joy at going up above a certain latitude at like the turn of the year. Who does that? Like that's that was I think we were real bored or really just setting ourselves up for a particular kind of experience. Um and as I noted by the end of this chapter, I was not feeling all that young and I think part of I don't know. I think part of that was mm, opposed by our complete ridiculousness at the choices that we made. So yes, we were still very young, but felt also a bit too old for what we were engaging with. So hilarious. Um, it was a fun trip. I remember buying a jacket for this in Singapore. And for years now at this point, I always had found it strange that Singapore sold winter clothing, like full on fleece and um, down jackets and wool and uh, suede. Like it, it never gets below, okay, I was thinking in Celsius, it never gets below 20 degrees Celsius, 23 really in Singapore, maybe in the middle of the night, um, kind of ever. Uh, so what is that in American? Um, 65-ish maybe? Like it, it just doesn't get, it doesn't get cold. 
Um, and so it was always frustrating when we would want to go on a dive trip or we'd want to go sit at the beach or we'd whatever, do, you know, summery things because it's year long summer with, with the rains, obviously, but it doesn't get cold. We wanted to buy bathing suits and we wanted to buy shorts and we wanted to buy sandals. And in October, you would not find any of that for like four months. You'd have to go to specialty shops to go buy a bathing suit or um, uh, sandals. Um, And it was frustrating, but also, you know, again, now looking with the eyes of some age and some wisdom, yes, they were following global trends, but they were also aware that Singaporeans don't necessarily stay in Singapore. They, like Kyla and I, go places and do stuff um, that may in fact require closed-toed shoes. So yeah, um, that was Singapore's reasonings. Uh, And then looking back at our shopping trip in London where we bought completely inappropriate footwear, um, I don't know what London's excuse was. I think it doesn't really have an excuse except it was cheap. (laughs) Like It's not like we were shopping at fancy places. Uh, clearly, because going back to the description of our first uh, residence, guys, it was bad. Like, I, I see what the because it was this was the beginning of Airbnb. What was this? 2012? Um, yeah, December of 2012. Uh, it was the beginning of Airbnb. <clears throat> so I remember when Kyla <laughs> booked this. Um, it was like, oh, that's really cool because the pictures were gorgeous. Like you walked in now, imagine, uh, probably, I think the best time to have been there probably would have been, um, uh, nope, September, October. Like imagine the kind of crisp and kind of dark and kind of breezy, but like manageable weather wise. Um, no, God, no, I'm trying, I'm trying. But it still would have been rainy, and it still would have been England. (laughs) So what these people did, it it seemed like they were pure squatters in this old, interesting textile factory that I'm sure by now has been torn down. Um, This space, so it was a a warehouse floor. It wasn't the whole thing, but it was a a whole section. So it might have been, it might have had... Um, a particular machine and then the workers were around and whatever but beautiful windows up at the top but nothing lower um, though the windows purely for light um, and then the, the 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 people who were there the the owners like had refurbished so they were literally just like little little cubes like you'd see at like the Tokyo airport or something they were just these small little cubes and they each had their own like space heater because it was cold um and a lamp and like a pallet for a bed um and I think like a down comforter which thank god but it was it was so tight and the doors were like not fiberglass but maybe fiberglass I don't know it was it was so weird you guys it was so weird and the kitchen like so we had to hang out with these people and we're just kind of Kyla's much better at like hanging out with people for the sake of hanging out I'm like, no, I seriously just want to read. Do I have to talk to you people? And she was sick. <laughs> so I'm sitting there like, um, hi, this is weird. I mean, it's ha ha ha, super cool. Like, good job. Like, this is fun. I'm having so much fun. 
and I was turning, no, I was 30. So, oh, I, I'm just looking around like, this is not my bag. <laughs> and the toilets. And like, I don't even think we showered there. First of all, it was freezing. It was so cold. But then the tub that I mentioned, it was off to the side and there was like a, there was a shower curtain. But I definitely saw naked booty um, as we were walking out all bundled, ready to go outside. And bundled because that was not a heated area. The bathroom wasn't a heated area. I'm, there were just so many things. And the toilets, you guys, oh my God. Like this, this whole this whole row of like, so this particular room we were in, I don't know, probably about the size of, you know, one side of a tennis court maybe. Um, and then down the hall was another one of these big spaces and another one. And so you go out of this room and then you go down the hallway and there's the bathrooms because it was a factory. And like the toilet that worked, I don't think it had a door. Like guys, we stayed two, two nights, I think three full days and two nights. And I think our final straw was when the owner or the, the, the person, I don't, I don't, I don't know if they, I think they were just squatting. Um, it was like, okay, well, um, I'm off to a holiday. So these people are checking in tonight. Um, so yeah, make sure they get the key. Okay. Bye. And Kyle and I looked at each other and we're like, um, pack now. And we walked because we were so frustrated that at the time, cause we were coming from Singapore, like when you get on a bus, you have the card and you, it doesn't charge you until you get off the bus. So when you, you tap in and you tap out and the max, I think, I don't know, it could have been $2, maybe three, but you tap in and you tap out. And so when you're driving around the Island or, you know, riding the bus around the Island, it charged you for how many stops you have gone. So if, you know, and this is, this is true in a lot of places. Like we were in Germany and it was, it worked the same well way you were in like certain zones anyway. So you tap in and tap out. And we were so frustrated because the bus stop or we were staying at a holiday Inn, two bus stops down. So we're like, what do you mean? This is two pounds. I have to pay a full two pounds just to go three blocks. And the answer was yes. And the driver's like, whatever. And so we didn't get on the bus and we walked with my stupidly heavy, like I don't, I overpacked because you know, Singapore, you wear shorts. I was going to Britain. They didn't have, I don't know, light material. It was a, it, guys, it was, a, it was a day. It was an adventure, but we walked in to that holiday inn and looked at our room with the TV on the wall, with the heat on, with room service available. And we cried from joy because we're like, okay, this, this is where we need to be. We, I am too old for that experience. <laughs> and I believe we watched Nicki Minaj videos on MTV and, um, ordered from the, like, just went downstairs and got some kebab from the local shop. And it was magic. It was magic. Oh my gosh. And that was, that was that adventure. Um, we were kind of too stupidly, I don't know why we were so poor. Like we were poor. Kyla was particularly poor. So that was her first year in Singapore. And that was, uh, tough because, and I should have been more generous and be like, no, I got it, but she wouldn't have taken it anyway. So we were on a shoestring and it was not, I understand that people do it. I don't, I don't, if you don't have to, 
please don't stay in a warehouse in England, London, in the East End at Christmas time. Um, if I'm going to offer any advice, that would be my advice. Just don't, don't do that. <clears throat> and then Edinburgh. Also, if you're going to buy boots, don't buy crap boots because our feet were not happy in Edinburgh. But guys, Edinburgh is so beautiful. Like, come on, like shut up about Scotland because it's, it's all been said, but you, you can't experience it until you're there and you're actually standing in, in, a, in a, a downpour at a castle in the rain in bad boots. Like you, like you need to experience all of it. So the day after Hogmanay, Kyla's like, I'm going shopping. I'm like, I don't, she's younger than me. I'm like, I can't, I'm not doing that. And I literally buried myself in tweed flannel all day the host who of our Airbnb kept coming in. He's like, hey, and I'm like, go away. And I read Harry Potter and it was magic. And um, that I think is how Scottish winters should be experienced. If you're gonna go outside, plan on spending the next 36 hours indoors, covered in blankets, reading a book. And I think that is all. Like that is what I have learned from that experience. I viscerally remember the cold. <laughs> oh, but so pretty. Uh, that was, that was a ridiculous trip, but, um, definitely a memorable one. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me here at Kel on Earth Revisited. I hope to see you next time where we go from one extreme to the next. We go from cold castles to beautiful, pristine beaches, my friend. Put on your SPF. I'll see you there. <laughs>